Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 163. We're hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. How's everybody doing? Hello. I'm doing good. I am just so super excited about Halloween yet again. This is pre-Halloween and (laughs) I'm just super excited. I I was going to say something and I totally forgot. Well, in that vein, apparently Target and all the other um, stores already have the Halloween Oreos out. So if you are a fan of the Oreo and of Halloween, then this is your special time because they're out. And it's not even freaking September yet, but apparently the marketing guru people want us to start celebrating now. (laughs) I'm not mad at them. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember now I have decided to I have a big tree in the front of uh, in the front yard. Uh, it's humongous and it has a huge trunk. So I've decided to make the Halloween door from Nightmare Before Christmas. So I'm going to make it out of styrofoam and oh. I'm going to make the Halloween door, the jack-o'-lantern, you know, that Jack goes through. And then for Christmas, I'm going to make the Christmas door. So I'm, I'm super excited because it's kind of going in theme. I'm, I'm very excited. I, I just got the foam. I just need to like glue it and then just uh cut out the face and the eyes and also i was thinking of carving into like the actual lines of the pump jack-o'-lantern in the pumpkin so hopefully it goes well guys oh that's cool okay so don't come for me latinos i'm about to say something that you are (laughs) not gonna like i was all about the nightmare before christmas aesthetic like that i mean i was the goth kid in high school and um, totally. When I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, I love it. I love nightmare before Christmas. Oh my God. It's my favorite movie. I had never seen it. And so <laughs> I went to see it. I went to take some, uh, group of girls that I was mentoring with the YWCA. Um, and I went to take him to see it at the El Capitan Theater. And it was like fancy and they had like all kinds of cool, you know, you get to listen to the organ beforehand. And well, anyhow, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes in, I'm like, I am so fucking bored right now. What is even (laughs) going on? I left that theater, hate not hating, but just being like, I don't like this movie. I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't even know what I was ever thinking. I've only tried to watch it once. So I'm, I mean, and I was already an adult. I was in my late twenties. I might have to go back and try it again, but yeah, I know it really resonates with Latino somehow, just like Morrissey does. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just did not like it. You know, I think that's fair. That's definitely fair. I mean, I watched it when I was like, what, 1994, 1995, whatever. And I liked it. And I liked the whole, uh, the pining of Sally for Jack's attention and love kind of thing, that whole thing. (laughs) I mean, but now I watched it like about, I don't know, a year ago was the last time I watched it. And I was like, 
Ugh, Jack is an a-hole. Yeah. What, how self-absorbed is he? Like, yes. what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you, Jack? You completely altered the whole Halloween town to take over another holiday just to be like the best mm -hmm. like you know and then sally here is trying to help you out and giving you advice and you're like no we're gonna do things my way and she's here like showing you love and all this stuff and you're like whatever i got other things to do and then in the end you're like oh you've been there all along i actually do love you fuck you jack fuck you <laughs> <laughs> like i totally hated that and so like now i just take i mean for me now nightmare before christmas is just the holiday portion of it it's yeah. not jack it's not sally yeah. it's, it's just the, the aesthetic whole, the aesthetic the whole yeah. you know like the claymation the mm -hmm. um all that stuff the the beautiful marriage of halloween and christmas that's what it is for me yeah but yeah you're right you're right it uh <laughs> yeah i don't i don't blame you for that at all <laughs> i do i i do really like when they transform the haunted mansion into uh nightmare before christmas and they leave it from september all the way through the first week of january yeah i get oh yeah that's beautiful like yeah definitely no i totally get that and one of the things i wanted to do was be able to decorate in, in halloween and then leave some of the decor and yeah. just transform it a little bit to christmas yeah. and so it just i don't have to take it all down and put it back up you know like that's that's my goal oh, <laughs> i like my, that idea yeah that's my goal all right guys it's now chisme de la semana Kristen, get chisme nos traes hoy <laughs> well, I heard on the internet that crazy ass Ezra Miller finally is like, shit, I'm fucking up. I need to try to clean this mess up or else it's really going to get bad. Uh, and so it has been leaked that he actually in person apologized to the WB heads, the Warner Brother heads. Um, for bringing such negative attention to the Flash movie, which isn't even scheduled to be released until 2023. But I think he probably was like, hmm, because uh, it was it was reported specifically that he basically laid it down to be like, hey, I really want this movie to move forward. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, that was... Um, kind of leaked but no real uh information about how the warner brother heads actually responded so i think that's the uh that's the cheese i want like what did they say did they be like dude it's too late like you're 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 never gonna work in this town again so, <laughs> <laughs> which by the way is the title of a biography of a well-known high-priced prostitute that worked in Los Angeles and Hollywood during the like 70s and 80s and she spills all the tea. All the tea? Ooh. Is yes. this the Heidi Fleiss? All the tea. Nope, not Heidi Fleiss. Oh shit, okay. Nope, you learn some things about people that you wish you would never have known. <laughs> okay, now I want to know. Now I want to know. Yeah, it's called You'll Never Work in This Town Again. Oh, um, nice. So anyway, um, that is the cheese and maybe we're going to be hearing more about what came out of that meeting coming up in the next few days. Yeah, I mean, because he was like doing some rowdy ass shit, like getting drunk and then like 
trashing a place and then i think he was sued by a woman for some and such stuff he injured some people i mean he was just going really wild like really really wild and i mean we he didn't apologize and he was like nope I'm not, you know, I'm not bringing out a statement or anything. He was just like non-apologetic. So this is kind of like interesting to see how this is going to unfold with the heads of Warner Brothers. Yep. I also have a chisme. And the chisme is there's a Hellraiser movie coming out in 2022 that is being produced by Hulu. And uh, this is a supernatural horror, but that's not only the only chisme. The chisme is that Hellraiser or Pinhead actually is going to be played by a woman. So that's really exciting. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. I've yeah. never seen that movie either. Oh, well, you are in for a treat. Or Candyman. You referenced Candyman. Earlier. I've never seen the original or the remake. Oh, my God. I love them both. You know, we'll have to we'll have to ask the listeners to recommend uh horror movies for us to watch during uh during this spookiest of seasons yes i'm excited about that guys recommend us some horror movies (laughs) any horror movies we're gonna watch i love horror movies um hellraiser i like the first two the first one and the second one and after that it just became shit to me i think they were up to (laughs) uh i think they were up to hellraiser four or five i don't even know i it was just awful i it, it hurt me. It really hurt me that they would make these other movies so bad. And I think one of the things was that I always talk about is because Clyde Barker had to sell the rights to his characters in order to produce the first film. And then he was asked to um, work on the second film, which is why it was still good. Uh, and the mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth, whatever, those were just reimaginings from people who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Um, but uh, <laughs> apparently... Um, Clyde Barker is producing this one. Uh, yes, he's a producer on this one. So hopefully he will have some input. So I'm very excited about this. Um, so it's going to be, I think uh, it's going to be Alexandrian, Alexandre Bustillo and Julian Mori uh, have co- confirmed that would we'll be directing the project. I don't know who they are, but anyway, I'm just, the chisme is it's going to be happening and, uh, Clyde Barker is a producer, so hopefully they'll get it right. And it's uh, just called Hellraiser, just like the first one. And again, uh, Pinhead will be a female. So I'm very excited. I haven't seen any trailers or anything. I just saw that it was a woman playing uh, Pinhead. So I just was like, damn, that's some good cheese chisme right there. So that's my chisme. That so is pretty good. I mean, to- and it works because if you have watched the Hellraiser movies, you get... I don't think the... I mean, the creatures or beings from the other world, dimension, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I never got the impression that they had a gender. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read some of the comic books and those were pretty damn good. Uh, they had this one. Uh, I was unaware they had comic books. Yeah, there was a Cenobite called Abigor, and she was just awesome. But they've had uh, different genders on the comic books uh, of the Cenobites. So I'm hoping that they would include more of the backstory of the actual Cenobites. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, about that. But I'm just very curious to see how pin th- this retelling of Pinhead as a female. I'm just really excited about that and kind of hopeful because, again, Clyde Barker is the producer on the project. So it's going very to be nice. released hopefully on Hulu. So I'm very excited. Interesting. So just a little edit to what I said. The book is actually called 
You'll Never Make Love in This Town Again. And it is uh, written by four high-priced um, ladies of the night here in, in uh, that worked here in Los Angeles and had a lot of celebrity, um, a lot of celebrity clientele. Uh, and it is available on Amazon. Oh, well, there, let me go log on to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I actually probably still have my copy here somewhere in my house. <laughs> well, I'd like to borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? So On My Radar this week is a book that came out last week. Um, it came out on, let me see, what's um, August 23rd, 24th. Um, and it is called Olympus Rebirth. Um, it is a DC book and it is, it's, I hate when publishing companies do this, but they call it a number one, but really it's a one shot. So, um, but this one shot, um, basically, sorry, spoiler alert, if you didn't know, but in the Wonder Woman and um, Trial of the Amazons books, Hippolyta was murdered. Okay. Um, that's um, <laughs> that is uh, Wonder Woman's mother. Uh, and in this book, in this one shot, it's dealing with the aftermath of her death. And so we follow her as she goes to basically join um, the pantheon of gods uh, in Olympus and to kind of become uh, the herald of um, of the Amazons, but who knew that among gods, there were politics. Um, there are, there already is a herald of the Amazons who is not ready to give up their, um, their position and actually starts to plan to prevent Hippolyta from doing that. And so, um, this is actually really, for me, it was a really cool story. If you are a fan of Greek mythology and just the the interrelation interpersonal relations of the gods and all those stories and all of their personalities and characteristics and how they play together, you will really enjoy this book. I really enjoyed it a lot, even though I wasn't reading. I read a little bit of Trial of the Amazons, and then um, I also um, read some of the Yara Flor um, uh, book, which is Wonder Girl. Um, and really enjoyed those. Um, but this was actually really good. And anything that's happening in this story actually is going to lead into directly what's going to start happening in Wonder Woman. So if you are um, wanting to jump on, this is a really good place for you to jump on, read this one shot and then start reading Wonder Woman. And it's written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad. And then the um, artist is Caitlin Yarsky, who this is actually her debut uh, in, um, in being a create an artist for, uh, being an artist for DC. So, um, I 
really liked it. It is a one shot. It's probably still available at your local comic book store. And if you are, like I said, a fan of Greek mythology and of that kind of uh, God storytelling, then you will definitely enjoy this book. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody out there in listening land, what time is it today? Es la hora de la, la cervecita. cervecita. Woo! Exciting. <laughs> I were on a roll with the cervezas. <laughs> yes. So I poured mine already. I, I smelled it briefly, but I didn't taste it because I wanted to taste it with you all. But I poured mine into a cup to keep it cold because it's really hot here in Southern California. There's a lot of humidity and I take the beer out of my refrigerator at the beginning where we start recording. But by the time we get to the segment, it's already been sitting here for maybe a good half hour. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to try this. So I poured it into one of those stainless steel uh, Yeti cups and going to see if it stayed cool. So that's all to say I don't have the can. So I can't share what the what the book is. (laughs) Jen, can you uh, tell us, because I, I I know I wear glasses, but they do not give me 2020. <laughs> they just help me a little bit for work. For sure. Okay, so this is Hula Moon, and it's a pineapple hazy IPA. And all right here, one, the art looks really great. And it says the art is by Seawolf. Uh, oh, again. Who, I think. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, like, nice. Yeah. So it seems they have a dedicated artist. Um, so on here, it describes Hula Moon, a hazy IPA with pineapple. as pineapple citrus vacation. So let's Ooh. see if it truly takes me to the Hawaii Isles without unencumbering the natives. <laughs> uh, fresh pineapple and citrus zest get hazy with tropical El Dorado and Azaka hops. Take a sip and teleport to your dream beach vacation. The only thing missing is a tiny umbrella. (laughs) And it is a 7% ABV. Um, We did say it's by Trademark Brewing. Uh, We have done a previous beer from this before. What was it called? Trademark Brewing. And we did. Uh, Oh, yeah. Don't stop stop me now. now. Yes. Yeah. So it was the gay beer. Yes, exactly. And um, <laughs> I bought these both at Caps and Corks. And um, I didn't realize they were from the same brewery. I got this one because, uh, not because it's a hula moon, but it was the pineapple hop that got me. I was yeah. like, oh, that mm. sounds interesting. I'm ready to drink something like that. And so I was like, okay. And the art was pretty cool. I mean, they have a dude like inside a pineapple floating in the ocean with an erupting volcano in the back. And it's sort of a metallic kind of uh, coloring, which is what made it difficult for me to read the can. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. <laughs> All right. So let me see. Does it smell oh, like pineapple? Okay. That's that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, the smell. I'm, now I'm afraid. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not what I was expecting. I don't smell pineapple. Oh, no, yeah. I do. Do you? Because I didn't. Yes, Ooh. I do. So uh, for me, what I do is because we all take our beers out before we start recording. And so uh, what I did is I got some ice packs. 
And mm. so I have a container that I put the ice packs in and I put the beer right in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. So it stays cold. So I'm I'm always oh. from now on I'm always having my beer cold. Good idea, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's actually cold. So I'm surprised at the taste. So, <laughs> so it's vague. It's faintly there, but I can smell it. Like I drank one of those little Dole cans of of concentrated juice, mm-hmm. but that it's been mm-hmm. sitting out for like a week and there's just that faint smell of pineapple. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's what I smell. It's not strong at all. And I had to really look for it. So I haven't tasted it yet, but I can smell the pineapple. You guys have better noses than me because I can't smell shit. I mean, I, I can't either. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, it's cold. I mean, mine isn't. I think mine finally warmed up. Mine warmed up. No, we but were... I don't, I don't smell it either. And I'm really trying. Hmm. I do taste the pineapple. I don't. I taste it. I try. I, t- but I taste the citrus mixed, zest, but it's mixed in there with something else. Yeah. Yeah. The citrus it's a, zest. Yeah. It's a citrus zest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't like the citrus zest. It, I don't. I usually do love it, but not in this. It's like you're biting in straight into an orange. Yeah. No, the citrus zest ruins it for me. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly how I feel about this. Hey, um, I was really happy and excited to drink it. Like I said, I was excited as well. (laughs) You know what? I just smelled the can, Mm. and I get like a hint of pineapple. Yeah, it's a very faint, very hint, and it's not like it's not like pineapple, like pineapple itself. It's more like the rind of the pineapple. So yeah, like it's like it's too um, como si se, it's too cruda, como it did it, it didn't uh, mature. It's not it's it's I, raw. It's I uh, don't actually know what the taste is, know, but it's like right? some spice, yeah, like a, like a Indian spice that I taste. Yeah, I, what I, is it? I don't know. <laughs> is it is it the hops? Is it a bad if, batch? If we if 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 we were doing this and recording it and putting it onto youtube so people could see you would be seeing all kinds of variations of our stank face right now. <laughs> yeah. i mean when yeah. when, we, when i first took a sip i'm like oh i was not expecting that like it was just really slap in the face kind of for me yeah um, um and now it's not a it, this is a hazy ipa there is no um really hop. horrible not horrible, uh, overwhelming hoppy taste, but whatever that other thing is zesty, spicy taste that I'm tasting, it is lingering on my tongue. I think it, it might be no the hops. bueno. Yeah, and uh, almost it might be what the hops she said, the, the type of hops, maybe. Maybe I've never, I mean, I'm not a like a hops connoisseur. El Dorado and Azaka hops. But. I don't think we've had Azaka hops, hops, but we definitely have had Kaka hops. Kaka but we hops. have, we definitely have had El Dorado hops. Yes, we have. But Kaka uh, hops, I. Don't You're right. Now that you, uh, <laughs> you kept saying it, and I've I've been taking more sips from it because Loki, I'm not getting a lot of flavor from this. No, no really. No, yeah, no, I'm not I getting mean, a lot of flavor. I mean, what they're advertising i'm not getting at all i'm getting this really weird aftertaste like it almost yeah. seems it, it that, i think that's a weird spice uh yeah. kristen was talking about 
And one of the things I'm also getting from this beer is um, I'm getting this weird coat over my my tongue that feels it feels lactose. I don't know why. Oh, I don't I don't have that. But yeah, when you go to the to the trade brewery uh, website, it just highlights the fresh pineapple and citrus zest. Somebody got too crazy and overzealous with that zest because it is just not the business. And it says, uh, take a sip to teleport your, you teleport to your dream beach vacation. No. If That's this a is a dream nope. beach vacation, then it is a bad beach. <laughs> it's one of those beach vacations where the, the hurricane and tornado all hit at once in the same spot and you see uh, umbrellas and beach chairs all flying through the flying through the um the air and a tsunami comes and knocks mm-hmm. the the buildings over <laughs> yes the yeah. description of pineapple uh taste i think was a little more generous and there is such a thing as too much zest this is this is uh, I'm going to admit it. It's disappointing considering how much I like uh, Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah. And the yes. can art made mm-hmm. also, the can art transported me for sure. And it caught my eye. Oh, and I yeah. was like, oh my God, pineapple hazy IPA. I am there. It but is. See, like the can art they, is very nice. It was a misnomer. It was false advertising because it should say citrus zest IPA because yeah. the you have to search for the pineapple. Yes. Um, I didn't find so, it. I think that this was a miss. I didn't find it either. For the for the brewmaster. I mean, obviously it went through a whole bunch of people to make it onto a can and on the shelves, but it is not for me. You know what I would be Maybe interested we got a bad in I was gonna say I would be interested in drinking it draft and see what it tasted like. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think with this one, like now that I'm drinking it and it's open, obviously I'm going to drink it because I paid for it. But I think <laughs> I would, I think I would definitely benefit from actually pouring into some of the miscellada mix. I think it would improve the taste. I don't think it can be improved. I mean, going to be real unless they take <laughs> an actual pineapple and blend it within this thing and make me a freezy. It's not getting any oh, better. Oh, that sounds good. A frozen pineapple that you blend so that's like a slushy in there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> well i think it's i think uh, we're ready to actually all right rate it. Well, i don't think we can continue yes, describing the we're, taste <laughs> we're ready to rate it and for those of you who did not hear our new rating scale it is still a five point scale with one being very unsatisfied two being unsatisfied just normally unsatisfied three out of five being neutral a four Your out of five being normal satisfied heterosexual. And a five out of five being very, very satisfied. And as I described it in the past, very satisfied, meaning you did it in all the all the um, different positions that you ever could imagine. And you were what you woke up wanting more. So um, I will start because I am going to. (laughs) Um, the sad face on very unsatisfied isn't even enough to describe how I am feeling after I tasted this. And I think we mentioned that we were going to keep, <laughs> we were going to keep flaccid 
uh, as a rating scale on the um, on the low side and Super Saiyan um, to describe a six out of five on the um, we love it side. But I'm going to have to go flaccid like we just laid there and talked all night long because we never got further than that flaccid for me i am not here for it i am never going to buy this again i mean i didn't buy it but but i would be interested in maybe doing a taster from a draft and see how it tasted Mm -hmm. well this is sarah and i agree with Kristen. i never thought i would ever rate another flaccid again on this podcast (laughs) Uh, because i always have good things to say and i always find the good stuff within something but my god this made it so difficult and i'm gonna yeah. go flaccid i i can't even man i can't even describe the weird coating on my tongue from it's, this aftertaste it's gross yes yes and it's a coating <laughs> it's not like it's a lingering aftertaste it's a coating of my tongue and it's weird anyway flaccid i don't necessarily have a coating but my entire tongue i mean i guess that's a coating my entire tongue is just overwhelmed with the gross taste you know what it okay so it, for out there people out there listening this is what it feels like uh when do you guys remember donald duck was listening to the radio and he was eating black licorice and then they're like you're co- uh, you know this illness your tongue is coated and then he goes to the mirror and he looks and he sticks out his tongue and it's all black <laughs> covered in black because of the licorice but he doesn't realize it uh, because he's ill yeah. that's how this feels like the, my whole tongue is black <laughs> Black. Incredible. Yeah. I'm going to agree with my comadres and give it a flaccid. I mean, I'm kind of treating this like Miller Lite or like water. Pretty yeah. much. I'm just drinking yeah. it for the buzz. Me too. <laughs> oh my God. 100%. Yeah. Like, nice. it's like, this, this, I'm not doing this for the taste or anything. I'm doing it for the buzz. Yeah. I'm like, so, yes. This I'm... is, yeah, this is what this is. And it's really sad because, I mean, they can't all be hits. They can't. Yeah. And they even can't though all we, be hits. Even though we, we, we did a, a really great rating on the last one we tasted from the same brewery, this has been a total miss. But, I mean, that happens. That really does happen. And mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like there should be, like, that little sad trumpet, like, you know, when somebody's dying or being lowered into their grave. Mm-hmm. Playing, what is it, uh, taps? Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> definitely. Yes, absolutely. So oh that has been our beer review. Wah, wah. All right, guys, what book are we reviewing today, Kristen? Well, today we are reviewing a book that Sarah has been chomping at the bit to um, to review because she had a copy of it months and months and months she had a copy of it probably the same week that it was released because i just happened to see her during that time and i gave it to her um we are reviewing miss quinces it is written and uh drawn by kat fajardo and it is a scholastic graphics book so um you can find it at scholastic you can find it um actually i bought it we've Bought it from Diamond and Scholastic. 
Um, I also know that it is on Amazon because I went to um, see if I could get it digitally today when I didn't have a copy of the <laughs> book in my hand. Um, but it is an amazing book about uh, Sue, um, who, um, what's her, her, her full name is Suyara. Suyapa. 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 There you go. Um, but she goes by Sue Way off. and <laughs> she just wants to spend the summer reading and making comics at sleepaway camp with her friends. But instead, she gets stuck going to Honduras to visit relatives with her parents and two sisters. They live way out in the country, which means no texting, no cable, and no internet. The trip oh. takes a turn for the worst when Sue's mother announces that they're going to be having a surprise quinceanera for Sue, which is the last thing she wants. She can't imagine wearing a big, floofy, colorful dress. What is Sue going to do? And how will she survive all this quote unquote quality time with her rambunctious family? All right, guys. Well, this is Sarah. <laughs> let, let me take you on the journey that is the book really quickly. Okay. So um, I've had the book for months and I read it like months ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday I, I took it off of the um, of my shelf and I put it by my nightstand because right before we were going to record, I was going to peruse it again and revisit the story in order to make some notes for this review. Unbeknownst to me, Kristen <laughs> comes over in the morning and she's like, I need the book. And I was like, OK, <laughs> I give her the book. So I had to work uh, in the afternoon. And so I had to go pick up work in Torrance, which is where Kristen lives. And I went to go pick up and then I sat in the parking lot and I called three different comic book shops. None of them had it. Oh, I called Barnes and Noble because I'm in Torrance. So I'm, I'm right, looking at yeah. stuff around me. Um, so, yeah. So I called Barnes and Noble and they said, oh, yes, uh, it looks like we have one here. And I was like, yes, please. He goes, let me go look. He goes and looks. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I guess we sold out of it. Aww. damn it mm -hmm. okay so then at that point i said okay i'm just gonna text Kristen because she's a fast reader so i text her and i said can i can i borrow the book again and she didn't answer because she was in a meeting all day uh -huh. and so then i i went to <laughs> i went to a good one i said okay if i'm done before if if i'm done and she texts and i'll go pick it up because i'm still in torrents but she didn't and uh, that's actually where I got the Jack Skellington shirt for the whole oh, thing. See, it all worked out. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I mean, don't feel bad. It worked out. It worked out. So then I'm like, okay, well, that was uh, 20 minutes and she hasn't texted back. So I'm just going to go home. So I decided to drive home. And then guess what? She texts back. <laughs> like when I was on the 91 freeway, almost home. And I was like, no, I'm already home anyway. So um then I came uh, to the uh, home office and I was looking and I was like, at first I looked on Amazon and I tried to get it, uh, 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 like you said, um, mm -hmm. digital copy, but that option wasn't coming up for me. So when oh. I finally like went it hit shopping on the Google search, it did give me the option through Kindle. And so I actually bought this oh. on my Kindle. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> so I mean. <laughs> 
because this is the thing i read the book and i loved it so much and i've been like she said chomping at the bits to freaking go and and, and share this with everybody out there listening uh, but i wanted to get things really right and i wanted to honor it and so what i wanted to do is to to go over it and peruse it in order to mm. refresh my memory and do everything right so that's my journey to <laughs> all over again that's how strongly i feel about this book guys so let us begin our review. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed that we opened the story with Sue at school during the last uh, days that she's able to spend with her friends, with her friend group, before she is traveling um, to her um, her parents' home mother country, yes. um, Honduras. And they all are working on um, a summer project where they have to create a comic. I just really enjoyed, um, over and above the whole entire story, I really enjoyed that um, Sue, the main character, was so into comics. She, um, she yeah, she always had um, a manga book with her she always was um wanting to she was always drawing and um it just was really a big part of who she was as a character as her personality and I really enjoyed that a lot because I I really like um I like media that normalizes women and girls enjoying comics Mm -hmm. yes Absolutely. And um, I actually loved Sue as a character. Like you really, um, there's has to be something said about like somebody who I've always said it, somebody who writes the comic book and draws it as well, because Mm. they put a lot of the emotion and a lot of the facial expressions that really reflect a lot about how the character can be developed in the story. And I think that comes across a lot with people who actually do both of the things, write it and draw it. Yeah. And we, I got, I got so, um, I actually felt like Sue was like me growing up. Like a lot of the story. Yes. I have to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sarah, but, um, I also thought she was you. (laughs) (laughs) Based on the story. First of all, I was like, now I know why Sarah was so excited about this book, (laughs) because just the stories that you've shared about your conversations and your relationship with your mother and you also always wearing black, always um, with the goth and all and and with comics and her being a little bit more um, into Latino culture and not really like realizing or understanding um uh, popular culture in america and teenage culture uh at that um i definitely saw you in sue based on the stories that you've shared um like i was i was goth in high school too but my mom wasn't she was she's second generation here she's very americanized and she was like whatever i don't care like she used to help me wrap my hair out in the morning. i know that, I, am, <laughs> I am so jealous that she would help you style your hair whereas my mom <laughs> whereas my mom let me tell you a story like i would have to go to steve's market to buy the small aquanet that was 99 cents uh-huh. And style my hair at school because my mom uh-huh. didn't like that big old feathery, yeah, fan, yeah. the big fan, you know, the 80s fan. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, yes, I felt really 
really like captured captivated by this character like with wearing the boots with the like why do you always wear black she's like oh i got a new t-shirt why do you always have to wear black why can't it mm-hmm. be another color or mm-hmm. like i want to go to camp it's like oh no dios not the way not the way they had it con esos strangers no uh-huh you know, yeah. or, or if you can if you can go out with your friends but you have to take your sister uh-huh. <laughs> yep sister and, brothers and, yeah and and uh oh uh, when the dad bought her a manga with her own money, like her uh, her money, she gave it to her dad to buy her a manga. She's like, oh, you're always spoiling her with those books. Like, mm-hmm. I told you that you could only buy her those books when um, when she gets good she grades. She has good grades. Yeah. 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 And um, for me, like, I remember one time I was reading V.C. Andrews in the car. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm reading the I'm so engrossed in the story. I have my book, my nose in the book. And my mom said, why don't you talk to me? is that book so damn interesting? And I said, yes, mom. And when they have a version in Spanish, I'm going to buy it for you because I want you to feel what I'm feeling right now, <laughs> which is completely, <laughs> utterly in love with this book. And yeah. it's like, it's like um, there was a big clash, yeah. gen- generational clash, like completely yeah. like uh, how, I mean, I felt it and I feel sad about this right now and I'm not going to fucking cry. But hmm. when um when she's there with lies, her, <laughs> lies, lies. <laughs> but, um, when she's there, we with know her, you. <laughs> like don't lie to us, Sarah. Um, <laughs> when she was there with her study group, and then she's already late to go home because she was expected an hour ago mm-hmm. at home, and her mom shows up at the study group. And what does Sue do? She does yeah. not introduce her mom to her study friends because she's embarrassed. Embarrassed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've talked before about how I've, you know come across media and stuff like that like movies or books and stuff where I feel sad that I read these things and that I put my mom through that because mm-hmm. I, I I did sometimes feel embarrassed even though my mom was fucking beautiful and dressed really well and very appropriate for her age um, <laughs> I still I, I guess I was kind of embarrassed that she didn't really speak English or try to yeah. speak English yeah and and that was what Sue said she's like why am I gonna introduce them to you if you don't speak English mm-hmm. and I just felt so seen in this book I mean completely seen like a hundred percent my mom would send us to Mexico to go <laughs> stay with my grandma for the summers and yes, I mean, back then we didn't have internet, but what yeah. I'm saying is that we didn't have a, a chance to uh, watch any kind of TV except Spanish TV. Obviously, there was still cable. Uh, we were basically, uh, <laughs> we were tying a, a string to uh, the leg of a, of a, ¿cómo se llama? Mayate, a beetle? And, a beetle and flying it like yeah. a kite. I mean, yeah. I mean that was your on. entertainment? Yes. I mean, come on. I Yo, felt, I used to do that as a kid too. Yeah. So I mean no it, internet, no cable. You just fucking did what you could. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, and even even down to where she wants to go to sleepaway camp. I mean, one time I was one time in sixth grade, I was invited to a sleepover. And it wasn't even the popular girls. It was like the normal girls, like, you know, mm-hmm. not that not. And I was just excited. I really wanted to be there. And my mom's like, nope, you're not going. You're not going to this. Uh, I don't know these people. I don't know their parents. I'm like, they have children. They have your life. They your, they, they, they're gonna cook you like, in a stew. <laughs> like, like what? What were they, What was she thinking was gonna happen to me? Like seriously, yeah. these these are my these are my classmates. Do you think they're gonna risk 
fucking me over and getting <laughs> caught by the police and, no, and then showing that at that school on Monday like that was a thing when they um uh, when her parents were like watching it and stuff like that like even now i still get messages from my mom about i just watched rosa de guadalupe you better not be doing that and i'm just all like oh my god mom <laughs> you're too late mom you're too late you're too late i've already been going around oh my god no seriously oh my god my uh my dad would subscribe to the alarma uh alarma revistas where they had decapitated heads <laughs> On yeah. the cover, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course, uh, Primer Impacto. Oh, oh Primer Impacto God. has done more damage to a generation. Yes, <laughs> yes. Talk about generational trauma. <laughs> Ever possible. Like, <laughs> at the beginning, el internet que se, bu- se están robándose los niños, que los están violando, con alguien que no conoces, sexo, sexo. <laughs> It's ridiculous, okay? Anyway, I know we went off topic, but honestly, this comic book, I mean, if you're like first generation and your parents just came from their country and it doesn't like she's from Honduras, but mm-hmm. and I'm Mexican and I so related to that character mm-hmm. like 100%. It's the generational trauma that ties us all together. <laughs> yes, generational trauma tying us together. But I mean, and you know, one of the things I really liked about this book was like, I love, um, uh, obviously I love the art and I love like the whole story, whatever, but um, I really loved the, because they ended up staying at the grandma's house when they were in uh, Honduras. And then the grandmother is a little bit sickly and stuff like that. But even though there is obviously a a big gap in the age, she really forms a wonderful friendship with her Mm -hmm. grandmother and her grandmother looks past um i guess her being so young and kind of relates how her mother grew up like her very own daughter and then relates that and kind of uh, stands back and looks at her her granddaughter and kind of like pulls it all together because she's like you know you know your mom did this and blah blah one of the things that was really like moving (laughs) is the story behind her mother uh, Sue's mom. Sue's mom uh, had to Im- because their father left at a young age, and so the grandmother had to uh, raise her her children by herself. And so Sue's mom, being the oldest, immigrated to the U.S. and immigrated to Texas to live with her cousins and work at fifteen. At fifteen. At fifteen. Yeah. And and Sue was like, at my age, you Im- mm-hmm. you went to a different country, and you know you didn't speak the language, whatever. And Sue's mom's great pride came from just being so disciplined and working in order to send money back to her family. Including yeah. her greatest pride was being able to send enough money to celebrate her sister's quinceanera, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which she did not do because she immigrated to the states and so for her it's kind of a point of like great pride in order to celebrate her quinceanera and so that's what she wants to do for sue but sue is seeing it from a whole different aspect yeah and 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 within the story you see the journey that they all take together the grandmother the mother and sue and how because they share these stories uh, Sue is able to understand where they're coming from 
And so she's able to embrace Los Quises. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. <laughs> I think you captured it perfectly everything about this book because it's it's a really great book i think mm-hmm. it's a book that is uh that would really speak to anybody who comes from a latino family to some extent it's really really funny because one i know this is how i'm grown now because i did understand the mo- the mother's perspective perspective did i agree with her yeah not really but i understood it yeah uh this is how you know you're grown is when you understand <laughs> the adults in a story you, yeah you start done. identifying with the adults <laughs> yeah Sorry, you start understanding you yeah. might not agree with them but you yeah. understand where they're coming from uh and it's really funny because i also i related to uh sue a lot uh, but I also related to Carmen, who was the mm. oldest one. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. And I, and I understood the mom, where the mom was coming from as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as much, because uh, I remember, oh, my God. So I didn't have a quinceanera, but I did have like a sweet 16. That was my compromise okay. because I didn't want to party either. I didn't want to be the center of attention. I didn't want to like waste money as I thought of it. And I didn't want to be like, I didn't want like to be basically perceived pretty much. But my mom was just like, come on, let's throw you a party and stuff like that. And she's just like, maybe not a 15, but we're like, you know, we can like Americanize it. And it's like, it's going to be your 16. And I was just like, okay, uh, I'll do that. And I'm really, really happy that I did because it is the only like big party that my family has like really thrown because mm. we weren't able to do it for my little sister uh and like my brother and my littlest brother also they just like they were just like oh let's just go out to eat that's like our family tradition and stuff like that so I was really really I'm I'm really really happy that I was able to give uh my mom that uh that memory and even now like because I when I was 16 I was just like oh I don't want this but now that I'm older and like I'm like 28 that's 12 years ago like it it like freaks me out a little bit thinking about it like it was 12 years ago but I am really happy that I have those memories now mm-hmm. uh I stand by my decision about not going to prom though um, <laughs> but I'm really really glad that I was able to like have this party and I can look back on it and reflect and at least and I did I also the scene about the dress oh, oh my yes. god oh, I thought because oh, yes. I want I also wanted a black dress because I wanted <laughs> Yeah, like I was a goth emo, like uh, more emo than anything. So I was just like, I was like, I want a like black and red dress or like a like dark red dress. And my mom was just like, No, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And so, but we compromised. So instead, I got a like a purple like shimmery dress that looked kind of like green. It it, it Mm, was a two tone mm -hmm. dress. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was very very proud of it. (laughs) Do you still have it? Yeah, it's still at home. My mom still has it. You like, know, do I fit in it again? I don't know. I don't think so. I have bigger boobs now. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yes, I also had a kiss again. And I also want to say that the compromise was this. I wanted a black dress, but I the compromise <laughs> was, okay, you could have a red dress with white trim. <laughs> And the the uh, the uh, damas or my escorts, uh, my da- yeah my damas they they wore white with red trims, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like a red dress is way more like heathen than a black one. Right. I, <laughs> which is why I was like, yes, please. Yeah. That's really funny. I don't know because it, it is like, there's something that they say uh, in the book in that, how the dresses used to be white. Yeah, that's true. Cause they used to like mimic uh, basically a wedding dress. Wedding. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, but now there's like a lot more options. There's a lot more colors and oh my stuff god. like that. Have you there's seen a lot TikTok? more. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, they're and like have amazing dresses now. It's really ridiculous. Okay, so or they're like different. They're not like the big fluffy ones. They're like more sleeker and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh and wow! Though, yeah, but I which have... to me is not a consistent dress. <laughs> I've worked with at risk and high risk uh, girls for most of my nonprofit career when I worked um, with uh, different organizations uh, working with uh, teenage aged girls and a lot of them were Latinas and a lot of them went through their quinceanera phase and knowing what I knew about their families and their uh, socioeconomic standing and then knowing what I knew about the party they threw oh yes and the things that they had there i was like it makes no matter it doesn't (laughs) matter what kind of situation they were in they found a freaking way and and they spared no expense oh yeah it's sort of like the gypsy so extravagant and I mean, of course, the Padrino's page was like a whole book of like 20 pages. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Padrinos are supposed to help out. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that to me always blew my mind. Yeah. Like they're like, we can't pay rent, but we're going to we're going to rent this hall. <laughs> Of like, 500 people. Look, yeah. If there's one thing that I think is true across the stereotype is that Latinos do love to party and we oh, love yeah. a good party. Yeah, I yeah. still love a good party. Yeah. I want like, uh, like they're just parties, like Latino parties are meant, they're not just, they're for the kids, yes, but they're also for the adults. When I tell people that for like my, my birthday party and my brother's birthday party, like that there were big old ice chest full of beer and that we like people wouldn't start going home until like 11 and 12 o'clock at night they look at mm-hmm. me weird <laughs> yeah like look a latino party starts the the thing says to be there like at three one you don't show up till it's five uh you <laughs> always show up late um uh, and two it, you always go home like either by one or two a.m and if you're still there after that you better be helping and clean up Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the three to five um, hours were when all of my brother's little white friends would come over Aww. and then the parents yes. would come pick them up. Then the rest of the family stayed for the rest <laughs> of the night. <laughs> yep. And it's just like they would like pick them up and they'd be like, y'all still partying? We're like, yeah, we're going to go on till like past midnight. And they'll be uh- like, oh. Yeah, yeah I, it's it's crazy. I mean, the only reason I think that the quinceañera, actually my quinceañera ended was because it was at a hall and they were like, okay, we're closing at this time. You guys uh, I was hoping go home. you were going to say the cops. Came. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I think some people may have even taken the party somewhere else to continue. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is like a given. Yeah. yeah. It's like, 
If you're going to the Latino party, do not expect to leave. Like, if you leave before midnight, it's rude. Unless you have a very good excuse. Yeah. And, for, and I don't know if it's the same for you guys, because it, it the kind of like a weird thing when I say it. But like, I have this affinity for um, funerals because there's always so much food. And then everybody would go from the hall to my house. <laughs> and and we would have more food there. We would have all the leftovers. And then the family would just stay there all night long, reminiscing and talking about the person mm-hmm. who passed away. Yeah. And so, like, to me, the funeral was, and I think that's probably where my, my um, attitude towards death is just, like, not very, like, like dour or, like, um, mm-hmm. sad or anything. I see it as, like, just a reason to i think that is the correct attitude because i mean the funerals that i remember as a kid and then later like they were sad yes but then, then there was always food and then everybody would really like talking and then I mean, like not partying there was a bit like of energy and stuff like that yeah. that you wanted to celebrate this person's life yeah and stuff like and, that. and and um, without a big spoiler this definitely what we're talking about um is addressed in this book um, and I yes. really liked the way that um, that all played itself out. And I, I, as I was reading it and turning the page, I'm not even like, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating in that every single page of this book had some sort of Latinidad and cultural oh, relevance and just like did such a good job of, uh, of just really portraying a young girl who is trying to find her way in a Latino family and living in New York, living in America, being Americanized, but having to still maneuver and navigate her culture. And, and, and then also being so immersed in it, opposite coming, going from New York to Honduras and visiting her family over there and not wanting to enjoy it or like it, or even wanting to be there, but starting to kind of discover um, herself and where she fits in into her Mm -hmm. own culture. Yeah, absolutely. And specifically the relationship with the grandmother, where she discovers that her grandmother had artistic uh, Mm -hmm. inclinations like Mm -hmm. she does. She, yeah actually ends up um, doing her comic book based on her trip, mainly uh, the relationship with her grandmother. And that's what uh, she relays the project over to um, her friends back home. But she was actually at the beginning, she was kind of like uh, had the writer's block. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though she was the one that had to present like the comic book story within the magazine that we're working on for the school project. So um, I think there was a lot of growth in her trip to Honduras. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, like, bridging a whole different connection with her mother. And uh, and because of the help that she had having the connection with her grandmother. And then also, just like the little things that her grandmother saw in her, that uh, she would talk to her, like, in a very loving way. Uh, so that she could understand. And also, I have to say that there was also some um, mental, not mental issues, but like uh, anxiety issues in the yeah. comic book that they yeah. addressed. Yeah. 
And definitely, it it definitely seemed like a familial thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is something that they don't address, like, especially our parents uh, that immigrated from from other countries, they don't address Mm -hmm. their self-care. And I think this was uh, really an um, amazing thing to include in the story, I think, that um, I I just think. And another thing I want to say, this book is also available in Spanish. Yes, just uh, she just launched the uh, Spanish uh, book format, and also I think it's also available digitally. But yes, it's available, like you said, uh, most comic book stores will carry it, and also Amazon. But um, I think she hit it right out of the park with this. I mean, I think this was really amazing. Uh, I mean, I know that we have been like so amazed with Quince and what Quince did with Sebastian Kelechik's Quince but this was a different type of story within the quinceañera genre kind of thing you know mm-hmm. yeah um, definitely definitely and it was like oh uh, like I, this book was just really really relatable Yes. I think it's like I and not just like for first generation, but also for like for second or third generation. Like I said, anybody who comes from a Latino household that still practices, you know, their Latin identity and that still like knows it. I think this is this book is very, very relatable. And I know that if I had read this book when I was a teenager and going through all this, I would have been like, oh, my God. And it probably would have convinced me even more to like have an actual quinceanera instead of doing the Sweet 16. Um, um but I'm really, really glad that we read it. I can see why you were so excited for it now, uh, Sarah. So I'm really, really glad that we read it because I I did feel seen by this book. I was just like, ooh, call it. And this is the fact that I am like, like um, uh, Sarah, as she said, like she's from a Mexican background. I'm from a Guatemalan background. And the book itself is from an Honduras background. And Kristen, she's like, what, third generation? Yeah. And she still like felt seen by this book. Like it's you can see just how like if we're looking for a Latino identity, I think we can we can see it right here condensed in this book, especially specifically like a a um what are like a Latino that has grown up in America. Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, it was just really great. I, I and you know what? I really uh, kind of really like the aspect of the different uh, take on quinceañeras that they have in Honduras. So they have like mm-hmm. a whole like uh, candle uh, lighting, a speech. They have the changing of the shoes from like the last doll. I thought the last that, I doll, I, right? I, I I was like, is this something that all like of us do <laughs> is it like i'd never heard of that before i've never I- heard about it being passed down to the little sister because i didn't do it but i do know mine we did have um a, a doll they're the ones that oh, okay. there's always usually a doll but you keep it like, yeah yeah okay. you would keep it as kind of like your last uh-huh the crowning, yeah. the changing of the shoes. I, 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 I that I, I was know. cool too. Yeah. I like um uh, the ones that I know they didn't do a crown. Sometimes it was a crown involved, but that was because the girl wanted it, but never like it being like an official thing. The shoes thing, yes, I have seen that. Mm. That uh that one I have seen. Uh the ring as well. I am uh, I, I, ha- I know I, I had, had a, I had the ring, which I had a ring. I did the pillow too. Oh, uh, oh my God! Right, the pillow was like such a throw-off, but um, they actually went to a lady who uh specifically made and embroidered a special pillow for the ceremony. 
Yeah, no, the pillow's a thing. I, um, I remember that. And uh, I, I actually had my mom sew the pillow and my brother carried it. I didn't want it to be a big thing. Like, actually, my... I think I've always always been like a do-it-yourselfer because uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to cost more. So like mm-hmm. my mom yes. sewed, just sewed something really quick and I'm like, okay, that's the pillow. That's it. Go get that model from the bed. <laughs> that model from the bed. You know? right. yeah, I mean, it's, almost, it's just yes. a fancy pillow. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, just a fancy pillow. Yeah. Most of I hate my and, mom. And you know what yeah. I really, I kind of loved a little, a little kind of little thing about this, this quinceañera was like the recuerdos. Oh yeah, or a little co- a little comic book that she made a little tiny yeah. comic book and everybody's like, oh how unusual this recuerdo, um, mm-hmm. and that just brought me back. I actually made the recuerdos, all of them. I sat there with the wow. glue gun, oh, wow, yeah, the glue gun, watching telenovelas and just making the recuerdos. <laughs> they were they were little baskets with potpourri and the little um, kind of netting on the top and the little mm-hmm. kind of like um, mm-hmm. uh, the fl- frizzy thing. What do you call it? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying edgy, to remember yeah. what my recuerdos were. I don't remember what my recuerdos were. I think uh, they might have just been like little generic ones. But I do remember my table decorations because I had a say in them. Um, <laughs> yeah. We we went to, because there's a flower district in downtown LA. Oh, yes. I uh, love it. Yes. I love that place. It's, it's great. Um, uh, but we found, we I found a design that I really, really liked. And then while we were talking with the person, uh, they were just like, we have like these like pool, like the bowls at the bottom, usually they're empty. And I was just like, oh, I don't want them to be empty. And like me and the person like work together to like fill it with um, uh, like a pink and white rose petals in it. Oh. And so, yes, it was, it was really nice. I really love those centerpieces. And I remember uh, people when they came over and like the tables and stuff like that, they were like, oh, the centerpieces are so nice. And I was just like, yes, no, take them, please. <laughs> like, you want people to take the centerpieces. That's, it's just a given. And you have to fight sometimes for them. But, you know, like it's, a, it's, I, it's always a good thing when they take them because that means you did a good job. <laughs> Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also made my centerpieces. And uh, the word that I was looking for is encaje, which is lace. It's, uh, so what I mm. did is we yeah. had these baskets and I put lace, the encaje around oh, okay. it with my, um, with my glue gun. And then we tied balloons uh, on the on the bridge of uh, the handle of the little basket. But inside there were mints. So when you because the mole was what we served for the quinceañera mm. Mm, i know just thinking i had about barbacoa mm. oh yeah oh i'm getting hungry <laughs> i know me too. <laughs> so uh so yeah so the the mints were a welcome um after eating mole so you could just like you know have good mm-hmm. nice breath nice breath. <laughs> <laughs> nice breath. <laughs> um but yeah um so needless to say, this story has inspired a lot of our stories rem- reminiscing on our quinceañeras and our sweet 16s mm-hmm. um, and our uh, family parties. And I think this is just an amazing book. And um, also I wanted to say that in the, in- in the English version that we all read, um, there are two different texts. There's a text in English, uh, in English that is black, but there's blue <laughs> Uh, bubbles blue text bubbles and those are meant to be spanish so yeah when you read them you're reading them in english but you can s- imagine what they're saying in spanish because yeah. It's meant to be spanish. yeah but um yeah no i think she did an amazing job i i am just 
so honored to have read the story and I identified with it a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent, and down to when they were talking about La Llorona. But and she would say, Oh yeah, la, la sucia solo se la parece. She, she only appears to the drunk men. And yeah. then they're like, Well, well, Tio, so and so saw. <laughs> <laughs> the king doesn't drink oh my god yeah uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was just so good and just the names too maybe they're i don't know if they're these stories are like real like stories or she just made them up and gave them names but either way a one job yes. because i oh my god <laughs> oh i remember like yeah no i miss going to guatemala a lot um, um i miss it more than my siblings do <laughs> mm. um um but yeah, I remember when we were really young, so they don't really remember. Even my um, uh, brother, who's a year younger than me, doesn't remember. Uh, but they would like try to like freak us out, and they were like, "If you hear something like in the night trying to get into your room, they were just like, it's like a ghost or something that we're going to speak to or whatever." And I'd be like, "Motherfuckers!" And so uh, I remember as a kid, like like being awake in the like wooden bed, like. Try, like keeping an keeping an ear out, and I would hear something. And like looking back on it, it was probably a wild animal because my freaking grandma lived in the middle of the fucking woods yep. or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. But in the but I was just like, oh my god, a fucking ghost is coming to get my ass. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, when the the los guajolotes were like, and then they chased you. Oh my god! Oh my! My little sister was traumatized by that because she got to she got chased by a turkey. I yes. remember this. <laughs> and you know what? In the store, in this comic book, the little yeah. girl gets chased by because she has uh, a hold yeah, of a, a chick. duck or a goose. Look, or yeah. yeah, y'all might not think this, but like those birds, they're big and they're scary, and they will yeah. chase you, and they will attack, <laughs> and you will yeah. run. And if you're a small child. That turkey's as big as you. Yeah. And I like I remember laughing as she was like screaming while she was getting chased <laughs> by the turkey. But like now that I think about it, I'm just like, oh yeah, that must have been terrifying for her because there's just this giant bird coming at her. And they yeah. don't raise them like they do here. No, like no, <laughs> they're like they're, giant. <laughs> yeah, they're giant and they're wild and they will attack. It's those guns. So if anybody's interested in finding more. Uh, about Kat Fajardo and her amazing award-winning cartoonist and cartoons and illustrations. You can visit her online at catfajardo.com. That's K-A-T-F-A-J-A-R-D-O. Yeah. And my God, Kat, thank you so much for writing this book. I, wow. I am just so in awe and amazed because this is just such an amazing book and I think so many people can benefit from reading it and I think it could bridge a lot of the relationships between mother and daughter and mother daughter and grandmother and I just I I want to share this book with everyone everyone (laughs) so I mean I think we're ready to actually rate it yes we're definitely ready to read yeah go ahead so this is Sarah and I'm just gonna say like toda la panaderia este, las conchas, el puerquito, los cuernitos, el elote, todo, 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 más, like, una cup of champurrado. I mean, you blew my mind, you entered my heart, you healed my soul. I love this book. Mm-hmm. Aww. Aww. <laughs> 
Well, this is Kristen. My panaderia that I go to here in Torrance also sells tamales. Ooh. And so yes, I, I know. I also give it the whole panaderia with all the tamales, all the champurrado. They also have um uh what else they have papusa uh they just have Mm. it all so yes this book definitely um receives the highest regard from me i loved every second of it and i also am going to sell the heck out of it at the shop dude they had pupusas in the book i was celebrating yeah Yeah. they were having the pupusas Uh and when they had the uh, that soup con 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 la coca-cola oh yeah oh yeah yeah Caldo de camarón with a Coke. Yeah. Like, seriously, they like, like, in Latin America, they drink, like, a Coke or some type of soda. La gaseosa, as we said in, in Guatemala, usually with, like, the food. And it uh-huh. was just like, I was just like, this is so unhealthy, but it's good. It's, <laughs> it's correct. Like, the first time I had bread and the gaseosa, I was just all like, you've opened my mind. <laughs> Completely unhealthy. Yeah. Definitely good. Definitely yeah. worth trying out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am uh, once again agreeing with Michael Madras and saying that this is the entire panaderia, the whole thing uh, just throw it all in there it was really really great and I will say this to either millennial parents or no Gen Z is grown now like <laughs> yeah. Honest, yeah, gen, whatever the I gen or whatever it is the post gen of them uh, one to the, those children if I don't know why you would be listening to this podcast, but here we are. Um, uh, <laughs> have a quinceanera. Have, have a, you know, as you, if anything, just for yourself to say that you threw a big party for yourself, it's worth it. Yeah. Now, as someone who, like, because uh, as someone who was definitely a, a, like, oh, I don't want to party. Now, I am now looking back on it, glad that my mom insisted that I threw that party. Yeah. Um, uh, to all the millennial parents, Bully your child into having a <laughs> Keep the tradition alive. Keep the tradition alive. Do it. I don't care. You one, you'll enjoy it, but your child will also enjoy it. This is this is what tradition exists for. So you bully your child into having a party. <laughs> yeah, I um I was glad to have some of my school mates attend the the party, and it, it was just really great. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, I also suffered a lot of uh, panic attacks throughout because of the balls, uh, people not showing up for the waltz practice, making everything from scratch. I mean, it, it's a rite of passage. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with you, Jen. Let yes. us bully our children into, well, I don't have any children, but yes, let's have those quinceañeras because they're fun your as nephew, fuck. Your nephew, your nieces. Yeah, this is <laughs> it. It's not limited to gender anymore. Boys can yeah. have quinceañeros too. Let's do it. <laughs> that has been our freaking unanimous, the entire Panaderia book rating. All right, guys, it's now time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have Where Prison is a Kind of Freedom, a photo book from Afghanistan by Kiana Hayeri. So this really, really caught my interest because one, the title itself was amazing. But if you like been wondering about like the, the state of Afghanistan and how it is, and I think we or we all watched like the news in CNN 
when the Taliban came and basically to like the United States fled. Yeah. Like really, Afghanistan truly deserves its moniker as the tomb of empires because like the United States withdrew in basically chaos descended. But if you've been curious about kind of the state of Afghanistan or how it was and how it is, I think this is a great, great book to um, uh, look into. So the synopsis that we have here on the campaign is um, uh, Afghanistan is a place of extremes. The best and worst of humanity live side by side. Fear and courage, despair and hope, life and death coexist. It was in Herat's women's prison that I experienced these extremes the most. My name is Kiana Hayeti, and I'm an Iranian-Canadian photographer living in Afghanistan for the last eight years. Wow. I am publishing my first photo book, a book born out of a journey with a group of brave women convicted of murder, women who themselves embodied the best and worst of humanity. They changed me for life. I'm here to ask you to help me bring this photo book to life so other people can go on this journey as well. In 2019, I spent two weeks inside Herat's women's prison in northwest Afghanistan, getting to know some of the 119 inmates incarcerated there. These women saw no other way out of abuse and domestic violence but to kill their husbands, an act that put them in even graver danger from their dead husband's family. That's why the 15-foot wall and the barbed wire surrounding the prison were there, to keep intruders who might want to take revenge from getting in as wow. much as they were to keep the inmates from getting out. While these inmates' past lives were harrowing, their lives inside prison were peaceful, happy, and free. Despite the overcrowded cells, many inmates felt freer in prison than they had in their marriages. It was kind of like a commune where the women shared responsibilities. At the prison, women would cook together, wash the dishes, hold funerals when someone lost a loved one, and raise each other's children. At times, they would babysit for prison guards who themselves had no other choice but to bring their children to work. I don't mean to celebrate the fact that they were in prison. Many of them shouldn't have been in there. Yet, the inmates had united and made the most of their circumstance. Where Prisoner is a Kind of Freedom, published by the New York Times Magazine, has been very well received around the world and was awarded the prestigious Robert Coppa Gold Medal in 2020. In 2021, the Taliban rapidly took over the country and all of us watched in disbelief as 20 years of progress in women's rights, education, and freedom of expression was wiped in 20 days and the country sank into darkness. On August 12, three short days before the Taliban took the capital of Afghanistan, the prison guards opened the gates of Herat prison, releasing all inmates with no questions asked. Before these women, the release was anything but liberating. The freedom they experienced in jail is now taken away and replaced with more restrictions, fear and uncertainty. Today, millions of Afghan women are put away in a larger prison called Afghanistan. And it goes on more. It gets really into detail. We get like, um, uh, like looks into the photos and how it looks and the like planning and stuff like that. There's even um, uh, Kiana who had a tech talk uh TED talk, not TikTok. <laughs> TED talk. There might be a TikTok somewhere. And um uh, her speaking about her photographic journey through the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan. Wow. And she tells us how she has tried to return to the prison, but she has been forbidden. 
uh, and she gets like chased out uh, because the Herat prison is still being used, but now in a worse condition where she suspects that women are being tortured. Wow. Uh, yes. And so we get a incredible glimpse into the humanity of these women and how they lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kiana Hayari is apparently, uh, she, she has been published in the New York Times. She's won a lot of prestigious awards. And this, she, she's, a, she's someone who's experienced with photography. And you can tell in the sample of the photos that we see, they're beautifully, beautifully shot. And I think this is a great book for anybody to uh, either like buy or support and purchase. So right now she has a goal of $30,892 and she's currently at 21,469 with 19 days to go and 213 backers. The video that supports and shows her journey through this, like you can tell that this is done by a professional. Like this is her honestly and um. Uh, basically uh asking like hey like this story deserves to be told Mm -hmm. you can always pledge without a reward but the base pledge starts at uh 15 canadian dollars which is about 12 uh us dollars i think uh on here so you actually get it for cheaper um and it's this is a thank you postcard then it jumps to uh, 30 Canadian dollars, which is about $24. And it's a set of postcards from Afghanistan at 51 US dollars, which is about 65 Canadian dollars. You get a signed copy of the book and a thank you postcard. And actually, um, at the at the $24 mark, you also do get the book, just not signed. So it's you get the postcards in the book and that. 51, you get a signed copy of the book. Uh, and then it keeps increasing in um, uh, in price from there. So you can get um, uh, like different prints that are framed and stuff like that. But at basically at $24, you get this wonderful, wonderful hardcover. Uh, and if you just want to support it and get a thank you from it, it's at $12. I think this is a book that is definitely worth uh, supporting and one that gives insight into a world that we're not very familiar mm-hmm. with. So, uh, where prison is a kind of freedom on Kickstarter, and it's a photo book from Afghanistan by Kiana Hayeri. Wow, wow, that God, just you describing that just made me cry. I mean, because I mean, <clears throat> dude, yeah, I mean, it's- we, we experience a lot of women here in uh, awful marriage situations, domestic violence. Kristen has worked with uh, uh, people that have experienced domestic violence. I mean, it's really a, a real issue here in the U.S., but mm-hmm. thinking of it in a place like Afghanistan, it must be like a million times worse. And for mm-hmm. you to go to jail and think it's a better life mm-hmm. than your mm-hmm. actual free life with your husband that's just saying something mm-hmm. and then yeah. the fact that they were in prison and felt safer there against the f- family of their spouse retaliating my god that is just oh i can't wrap my head around it but yeah man thank it's you definitely for- incredible and i think it is an amazing piece of work and i think it should be supported absolutely i mean i i'm definitely gonna support it because damn i mean i Wow, I'm so moved by this. Thank you. 
All right, guys. Now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So usually around this time every year, I like to check out what is going on down at the Self-Help Graphics and Art Center in Boyle Heights, because they generally have a lot of cool stuff going on for um, uh, Dia de los Muertos, and they'll start Uh, they'll start advertising it pretty early in September and have events all through October and early November. Um, but what I found um, was an exhibit that's actually going on now through September 23rd. Uh, what's today? Today's August. Okay. I'm like, it passed. No, <laughs> I know when I, I jump to the future. Um, and it is um, an art, uh, Kelly art. Uh, Kelly Arte, which is, I think, a, um, uh, a pseudonym that this artist goes by. And the um, exhibit is called Sueños Real. So this event is um, an exhibition that actually began in July um, and is going through September. And um, it, they tell you about how... Um, Uh, oh, actually, I totally misrepresented what I, it was. I thought that was the artist, but that's the name of the exhibit, Kelly Arte, because Kelly in Noatil, I can't ever say that, Noatil means home. Mm. Oh. Uh, so um, this is, um, uh, and, and home, or Kali, is central to this collective's art practice and the focal point of the exhibition. So it's paying homage to the cultural ecosystem that is Boyle Heights. And the exhibition is going to be grounded by a symbolic installation of the particular artists uh, who are participating, their home. Um, this is going to connect like roots and branches to various images of elements, people, and icono iconographies that are core to their creative practice and family unit. Um, you can learn more about this exhibit at... Uh, www.selfhelpgraphics.com slash beyond the press. And um, uh, it's you have until September 23rd. So um, self-help self -help graphics and art is an amazing nonprofit organization that is sponsoring this exhibit, but also um, sponsors and provides a lot of art um, uh classes and opportunities for the uh for the uh community in Boyle Heights and I highly 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 recommend that you check out um their classes they're ongoing year round doesn't just have to be Dia de los Muertos but this particular uh this particular exhibit sounds really cool um and would definitely benefit from your support that sounds amazing thank you so much for sharing All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month at Heidi Ho. Kristen, can you tell us more about that? Yes. So this fine day, we are uh, giving saludos to the creators who are going to be um, who are going to be 
at Heidi Ho on September 14th. And that is going to be Maxi Rodriguez from 11 to 3.30 in the morning. And then um, Peter Malini and Valeria Ontiveros from 4 to 7 in the evening. And Maxi, as you know, is the creator of Chubby Bunny. She has uh, such a cute style. I really enjoy um, her, uh, her comics and her adventures with Handsome Stallion. Uh, and uh, Peter and Valeria are the creators of Gordo, the, what is it? The Teenage Flying Saucer. And we actually reviewed that book um, a while back. And this appearance by Mac, Peter and Valeria are going to be kicking off a Kickstarter campaign that they are going to be trying to bring uh, future issues of Gordo to reality. So um, saludos to Maxi Rodriguez, Peter Malini, and Valeria Ontiveros. And thank you so much for continuing to help Heidi Ho Comics celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah, you said that. Uh, <laughs> nice. You said uh, Peter Melanie is launching the Kickstarter soon. Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, awesome! That is. Do you know when it? Uh, well, we'll figure it out. It, I'm just so excited. We'll announce. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. All right, guys. That brings us to the end of this episode. Remember, you can email us directly at comadesycomics at gmail .com. and you can find out about all of our social media platforms on our website at comadesecomics.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on um, we're on TikTok and we also have a YouTube page where you can actually see with your very own eyes all of us interviewing amazing creators um, who have amazing uh, comics and product and they're always just so like eye-opening how creative these people are so definitely check us out it's Comadesi Comics uh, on YouTube don't forget to like and subscribe well that brings us to the end of this episode we have been your host I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys bye bye, bye.